What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It is Tuesday, June 14th, and we did a real draft yesterday. And not one of those best balls or anything, like a real draft that we're playing out. We're going to do sleepers today, kind of an early-ish look at sleepers. The list will change, but question for you guys. When you do a real draft that counts, do you get clarity on some players? Do you figure out, oh, I actually like this guy more than I realize, or eh, I don't really want to draft him? Does it change anything for you? Um. Yeah, I, well... I shouldn't say like real draft because I do that with mock drafts. You know, I, I don't necessarily take a different approach to the drafts I'm doing in terms of how I feel about players. I, I try to think I learn something from every draft, which is why you should be doing mock drafts to try and learn something or, you know, see something you like or, you know, try and find some some philosophy or something that might work for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you always come away when you see a finished product and say, okay, I should have done this differently or that differently um, if, mm. if there's something you want to change. I didn't mean it like that. I meant... Players that you've realized, oh, actually, now that this actually counts and I have to play it out, I don't like this guy. I don't want to take him here. Or I really do want to take him here. You know, did you have any moments like that? I had a few. So it, it For me, it's so like that, that draft yesterday was not the type of draft where that would happen because it was a half PPR draft. And I'm just constantly trying to bounce back and forth between the two rankings and decide who I like. <laughs> I, I don't have rankings for half PPR, and, and it, it's like we've got—I've gotten personally very spoiled. Anytime I have to draft on a different site besides CBS, and my rankings aren't preloaded into the draft room, it seems like a pain now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I guess yesterday, for example, I realized just how much I want a piece of the Denver passing game, you know. And I—I I, I don't know if I reached for Sutton because I wasn't going to get him. I had one of the swing pick, I had the eleventh pick. But I knew I I needed to get Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy there. I took Sutton, but um, yeah, that was just one thing. And I was you took him round that, three or round four. I took him in round three. I mean, I I didn't know if I'd get him in round four, but I would have taken him. I think you know, in a blanket, thirty fifth overall is is a little early for Sutton. But I in wasn't a blanket in a blanket in a in a vacuum. What the hell is it a blanket? In a blanket. <laughs> Were you drafting Bla- in a blanket? Maybe I was thinking blanket what? statement what were you or something. Doing in, the in a vacuum, it's a little early, but I knew I wasn't going to get him 
two rounds later, you know, but and you know, it's, I mean, it's really <laughs> uncomfortable to start reaching in a blanket. So <laughs> in a snuggie, think, um, it was a snuggie Heath. I, my arms were free. So anyway, just, I don't know. I just felt like things were a little I, bit look, different. We, we, there were stakes. The, the draft you're referencing, it's our magazine draft. So we don't want to give too much away right. uh, because you know, it's, it's a fun draft to read about <laughs> particularly because everybody taking part in it um, writes a little blurb about either their team or strategy or their players. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's fun, you know, and I, I think we're going to talk about a lot of mock drafts probably before this one even comes out. So, you know, several things will change, but um, it's more about, I think when you, when you read that one or, or take a look at it, hopefully you do, you see kind of the, the strategy, I think, you know, more so. And like Keith's strategy was interesting, uh, which we can discuss here, you know, just without giving away too much, but like you started three running backs in a row in a three receiver league. Um, I took one wide receiver in my first six picks in a three receiver lead league um, just because of the way the draft board fell. I picked first, Keith picked fourth. Um, Adam, you were, you said you picked 11th. The, uh, the, the person picking after you, you know, uh, kind of ruined you a little bit at the start of the draft as well, you know, with the strategy that they took. So, you know, those type of things I think are interesting about this draft uh, more so, at least from my perspective, you know, those, those type of things, because I know this draft because it's, you know, a month before people will see it is going to potentially be outdated, but it's not, it's not really about the players and the spots that they are. Cause that could change. It's really more about how did you go about constructing your team? You know, for, for me, at least that's the takeaway. Hmm. What do you call it when, uh, when I eat a lot while I draft pig in a blanket. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> thank you, Jamie. Okay. Uh, so I'm not anyway. laughing at the joke. I'm laughing at you telling the joke. That's fine. I, as long as it gets a laugh. So today is a sleeper show, and you guys both gave me a list of uh, six-ish six sleepers. It's interesting that Heath is wearing gold today. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you lose a bet? No. Uh, okay. Well, Why would I be losing a bet? Because you have to wear this is, one of, this is from one of our listeners. It's uh, Aloha Beer. Oh. Well, just an interesting color choice given your basketball. Team. Right. Aloha also means goodbye. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not over yet. Uh, I, I'm really... <laughs> What's that? Want it to go to game seven. You do? Or you, you wanted to go to game seven? Sorry, you froze a little, Heath. Well, he needs it to go to a game seven. Yeah, <laughs> I, would think he, I think he wants to go to game seven. Heath is frozen right now, so let's see if we can get a blanket for him and fix that. Um, you, you guys both gave me a list of sleepers, about six of them, and there was one that showed up on both of your lists, and that was Naheem Hines. And uh, we did this yesterday on FFT and five. I think Naeem Hines is going in the 130s right now. He is going 134th overall. He is RB45. And Heath, you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. All right. So tell me why Naeem Hines is a sleeper and when you think an appropriate time to draft him would be. His coach and his quarterback continue to say over and over again how he's going to have a bigger role and how um how good he looks and how excited they are that the new unique ways they're going to use him there will be a little bit more passing in this offense this year because they have a little bit more confidence in matt ryan i think than anybody they've had the last couple of years and they didn't like alec pierce has some upside but he's not probably going to have a huge target share his first year so they're going to play Hines more at wide receiver and i think you could start looking for him in a full ppr league in round eight Okay, Jamie is is Hines a sleeper because he's going 130th, or because he's going to have a really big impact this year, or both? Yes. Okay. Um, 
yeah, both. Uh, I, I think you, you look at this opportunity, you know, and I, I've said this, you know, a few times, you know, Heath referenced, you know, what they're saying about him. I, I spoke to their offense coordinator. I spoke to their running backs coach, um, you know, both very excited about Naheem Hines. And the thing that stood out to me is we'll see if it plays out. We hear this a lot in mini camp and training camp, and then it doesn't always come to fruition. But uh, Marcus Brady, their offense coordinator, said that they want to play both Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor together. And to piggyback off what he said, when you look at this receiving core, you know, right now, Paris Campbell's healthy, but we know he's had a hard time staying on the field. Alec Pierce is a rookie. We'll see what kind of an impact he has, but he's a rookie. And you have Matt Ryan, who's very similar in the way that he plays to the way Phillip Rivers plays in terms of they're not going to move very much out of the pocket. And so what did we see from Hines two years ago? He had 76 targets and 63 catches. And so, like I said, on FFT and five, I would not be surprised if we see more of that escalated and Hines could be in the conversation to be top five in receptions from his position. And so, you know, when you, when you look at that, you know, if you get the, the James white type of season, which you reference a lot, Adam, from these type of players, you know, when they get to the seven touchdown range or, or higher, you know, that that's asking a lot, but if we get that, and then he has that reception total and it'll be fluky. You know, you never know really when to play these type of guys, but if you just stick them in your flex and PPR, especially in, you know, a, a, a stack 12 team league or certainly a 14 team league or larger, he's the type of player that can deliver for you. But I think he'd be a flex. I think he could be maybe a part-time starter if things go right. They have brought in some guys, you know, to help, you know, in terms of the depth of the position. So he's not going to be the handcuff to Jonathan Taylor. Don't view him that way. But, you know, if he's around a hundred carries, he had 89 carries in that 2020 season. If he's around, 70 catches. Um, I think he can deliver some pretty good production. Hines had 63 catches twice. 63-44, 63-40. In 2018, his rookie season, they were second in the NFL in pass attempts. They had Andrew Luck. In 2020, I think they were 20th in pass attempts. So they had Phillip Rivers, who threw the ball to his running backs all throughout his career all the time. I know Matt Ryan isn't going to move, but really nobody was Phillip Rivers when it comes to throwing to your running backs. I guess oh, my... Uh, yeah, but, the, but, but there's a like dump rivers, is like dumping it off to running backs all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. River. So rivers is, is kind of in a class of his own. Uh, I guess my, my fear with Hines is they're so run heavy. They were 27th in pass attempts last year. And how many rushing touchdowns is he going to get? I think he had two last year. I think, you know, in terms of being run heavy and you just, you, you the narrative is, is pretty clear at this point, how much they were afraid of Carson Wentz. And didn't like Carson Wentz, didn't trust Carson Wentz. You know, that's not going to be the case in Matt Ryan. Okay. All so right. th- they're still going to be run heavy. Why wouldn't you when you have, you know, arguably the best running back in football? But I think they'll be more prone to throwing the ball, which is why they made the move to go get Matt Ryan and move on from Carson Wentz. I mean, they, they had to eat a first round pick to, you know, with the trade that yeah. they made the Wentz. So last question on this Who should be the first two pass catching running backs to get drafted? First two? Yes. So we're eliminating the lead rushers on teams. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking of guys like James Cook. Where does Chase Edmonds fall? <laughs> Good question. Uh, it, he's in this blanket, I think. With I will put guys. Chase Edmonds and Naeem Hines then. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd view Chase Edmonds the same way, but if you want to, he would be the, the first one. I would say Hines would be the second one. You could say Cook. Um you know, does Kareem Hunt fall in this category? Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah. What about now Tony Pollard with him playing the slot? I don't think so. 
Yeah, I was thinking of of more guys who are who almost all of their value comes in passes. So McKissick, You're thinking McKissick, the, uh, McKissick, the Darren yeah, McKissick, right. Cook, what we thought Giovanni Bernard was going to be, maybe James White. I mean, maybe maybe James White, right? He had 12 catches in two games before getting hurt. Sure. Um, so let's eliminate Edmonds. So Hines would be one, and who would be two? Cook. You said Cook and Heath. Who would you take? Uh, yeah, I think Cook is probably... Uh, well, is Cordero Patterson a pass catching no, running back? No. Okay. James Cook then. Okay. All right. And that is Naeem Hines. Hey, we got a lot of great stuff coming out, including that magazine. Jamie, tell us about some of the content that we can see on the website and wherever coming up. Uh, the magazine will be out sometime in, I think, late July, middle of July, I guess. Um, uh, we're wrapping everything up. We just got an email today. We were debating prior to the show about when our actual deadline is. Adam does not understand the difference between next Monday and Monday, uh, according to an email he received. <laughs> can I throw, so, can I lay it out here? Should I do a Twitter poll? Uh, yes, you should do a Twitter uh, Let's poll. get some reaction here from the YouTube audience. You tell me what you think. Someone sends an email on Thursday and says, I need something by next Monday. Do they mean the, the first upcoming Monday or the one after that? So is it Friday, Saturday, is it four days later or is it 11 days later? <laughs> if somebody emails you on Thursday and asks for something next Monday, do you give it to them four days later or 11 days later? Let me know. Keith YouTube. and I both very clearly understood that that was the first Monday, four days later. And you were in the minority because four people did not understand that. Or I think three people did not understand that. I think well, they, they probably they not didn't understand, understand your explanation. I, I know Schneier and I both were, thought it, it was next week. I don't know what Dave thought. Dave hadn't gotten it, his, his assignment in yet. Dave also uh, was supposed to be in the draft yesterday at 12 and showed up at 1230. So his, <laughs> uh, his scheduling is a little off. <laughs> all right, what's coming up? On, what else, Jamie? Uh, well, uh, once we put all that stuff to bed, we'll have our usual you know pre-training camp content coming out, which will include a lot of mock drafts that we'll be doing on YouTube which I find it interesting that you don't say hello to the audience. You say hello, YouTube. Like you're talking to the, the site. I am talking to the site. I didn't know we had an audience. I was talking to my computer. Hello, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what you have to look forward to. Now, new segment. Heath is going to hate this segment. Heath does not like rankings disputes very much. But now I'm going to make him call out Jamie for a bad sleeper pick, potentially. Oh. Yeah. So you have to look at Jamie's list of sleepers, which is Kirk Cousins, uh, Alexander Madison, Ronald Jones, Alan Lazard, Russell Gage, and Kadarius Toney. And call him out for one. Are there any you disagree with? Any you'd like further explanation on Kirk Cousins, Alexander Madison, Ronald Jones, Lazard, Gage, Toney? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance at all Alexander Madison's going to live up to his ADP unless Alvin Cook gets hurt. So he's a bust and not a sleeper. How'd I do? How do you do, Jamie? <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, does does Madison have any value without a Cook injury? Is there, or is he strictly a handcuff? He's strictly a handcuff, but he's a league winning handcuff. He's played seven games in the last two years without Dalvin Cook or with Cook leaving, missing significant time with injury. And in those seven games, his per game average would have made him RB four last year. That's how good he's been. He's had uh, like 120 or more total yards in five of the seven, I think. So, all right. that So, good job, Heath. Um, Jamie, now it's your turn. Heath's list is Jameis Winston, Damian Pierce, Jahan Dotson, Garrett Wilson, and Cole Komet. 
You want to call out any of those? Jameis Winston, who is currently QB 21 in ADP. Damian Pierce, rookie for the Texans. Jahan Dotson, rookie wide receiver for the Commanders. Garrett Wilson, rookie wide receiver for the Jets. And Cole Komet. I would never call out a colleague for anything that they do or think. I think it's a perfect list. Uh, very proud of you, Keith, for putting together well that done. list of players. Uh, the only, no, the only disagreement I would have is that just and and this is where it's so always fun to to uh, talk about the difference between a sleeper and a breakout. Like I have Komet as a breakout player this year as opposed to a sleeper, so that would be the only nitpick for me. But it's a perfect list. I love it. I figured I was really safe with Damian Pierce at least. <laughs> Uh, we already know the difference between sleepers and breakouts. Sleepers okay. sleepers win you weeks. Breakouts win you leagues. TM. That's mine. Everybody, I'll say it somewhere else and somebody will give me credit. <laughs> Heath will start giving you credit for it. All right, so you guys <laughs> like your sleeper lists. Great. Let's take a break. When we come back, we have a lot of news and notes, and we'll get into all those sleepers after this break on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello, YouTube. Hello, computer. Hello, phone that people are listening to this podcast on. Welcome back. Let's do some news and notes. So we, I thought we would get to this yesterday, but we didn't, we didn't get to much. But uh, Tom Brady said Russell Gage has to have a big year for Tampa Bay. He is one of Jamie's sleepers. I think he's going around 100th overall. Does he have a big year if both Godwin and Evans are on the field, Jamie, Russell Gage? Big year in terms of uh, winning you leagues? No. But will he win you some weeks? Potentially. And I think the weeks that you're looking for, you're looking for early in the season, you know, at least as of now, if Godwin is not there. So to answer your question, if they're both healthy, I don't think he's Antonio Brown. No. Uh, you know, Russell Gage has been, you know, a mediocre player for the majority of his career. A lot of that is because he's been on the field with some great players. But as we saw last year, when he got the opportunity to be a focal point of the offense when there was no Calvin Ridley, he closed the season playing very well with a lesser quarterback in Matt Ryan that he's going to play with and Tom Brady in a lesser system. And so they throw the ball so much in Tampa Bay. And, you know, Brady talking about he's got, you know, six weeks to learn the offense and become, you know, more comfortable with everything, playing inside and outside. You know, there's clearly there's 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 a few things at play here. There's with Godwin, without Godwin. There's the scenario of maybe Godwin and what happens if Evans, Evans gets hurt early in the year and Godwin's not there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also no Gronk as of now. You know, so there's a pl there's plenty of uh, big opportunity in front of Russell Gage. But if everybody's there and they all are healthy from week one through week 18, then I think Russell Gage is probably priced appropriately, right. but will leave you a little bit disappointed. 
I, yeah, I think that it's like one of those situations where his ADP is almost as if he's going to be the number three wide receiver on the team for the entire season. It's kind of like when Kareem Hunt, we were drafting in round six and saying, but one injury and he could have a monster year. Well, Gage doesn't necessarily need one injury. He needs the guy who is currently injured to not recover too quickly or for Gronk to not come back. There's a lot of outs. And Evans is getting up there in age, you know, so right. if he gets hurt also. Yeah, he's going 104th overall, Russell Gage. He is wide receiver 43. All right, next news item here. Patrick Mahomes and Marquez Valdez-Scantling have had a strong connection, according to The Athletic. Him and Justin Watson. And what's that? Him and Justin Watson. I don't get what was funny. There, last week, the reports were that uh, Mahomes was very impressed with Justin Watson. He oh. specifically called somebody in the front office to tell them what a good job they did bringing oh. in Justin Watson. Okay. Oh, well, MVS is going uh, as wide receiver 57 right now. Uh, Kansas City. Oh, this is actually a big deal. Maybe. Kansas City resigned Jarek McKinnon. Is it a big deal? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a deal. Yeah. I mean, I downgraded Clyde a couple spots. Um, you know, the, <laughs> it was terrible at the end of last season when they were using him so much in the playoffs. And, you know, so now you have Ronald Jones to steal rushing work and you have Jarek McKinnon to steal passing downs work. I thought one thing that was interesting with Clyde Rosalaire because uh, just doing some some research, which I don't know how this was not reported, that he had gallbladder surgery last offseason and he was down to 160 pounds going into, uh, I think, the start training camp. Um, how that, or I mean, maybe it was at some point in the offseason, but uh, how that was not reported anywhere given how NFL news is typically, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, readily available thanks to all the great newsbreakers we have. Um so, you know, Clyde was was probably not in great shape to start the season, and then he dealt with more injuries. But in any event, I mean, McKinnon was their guy at the end of the year last year in the playoffs. Uh, he had 48 touches in the three playoff games. And if he's going to in any way impact Clyde's role in the passing game, which is what I was excited about for him, I think we all were, um, that's going to be a little bit tough. You know, so it's, uh, it's harder to trust him. You know, Ronald Jones, I think his role is kind of locked in. He's going to you know, do whatever he can do carrying the ball. He's not going to be heavily involved in the passing game, but man, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not as exciting as it could have been for Edwards. Lair. This is one, like, you know, when you talk about, it, he's one of the guys I drafted in that, in the, in the league yesterday. And as soon as, you know, this news broke, I was like, Oh, that's one I regret. Your team's done. So but McKinnon though, <laughs> McKinnon had almost no role in the offense until week 18, basically. And then he was the lead running back in week 18 and in the playoffs. And that was what I'm just repeating. Are you laughing? No, it's just hilarious what happened with Jarek McKinnon last it year. It is. Yeah. And he did pretty well in the playoffs. But yeah, I wonder if that was just because Clyde was hurt. You know, Clyde missed weeks 16 and 17 or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, no, no, he missed 17, 18, and then week one of the playoffs. But, but And then he came back. I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe McKinnon goes back to just being a special teams guy like he was for almost all of last year. Hopefully. The bigger problem for me is, like, I could see um, it seemed pretty obvious with no Daryl Williams or McKinnon that Edwards Lair was going to get a chance to play the role that I think he'd be best at. And maybe he will still. Like, there's still a possibility that, like you said, McKinnon doesn't matter that much. But this does give the Chiefs another out. You mentioned he was hurt at the end of last year. He was hurt at the end of his rookie year. It's possible he gets dinged up in camp, and they're just like, you know, we can't, we can't count on this guy mm -hmm. to be a, a major part of the offense. And Clyde was also hurt. I mean, seven games last year. He, he was hurt twice last year. Right. 
And he was hurt in the playoffs, right, as you said, in 2020, end of last year, right, end of the year before. Okay, Dalton Schultz is going to attend minicamp, according to Patrick Walker of CBS Sports. And Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports said there is urgency for the Panthers to trade for Baker Mayfield. If they do that, how far, if at all, would you move DJ Moore up in your rankings? Right to where he is. Maybe a spot or two higher. Yeah, I, I was trying. I think I've got him fifteen or sixteen now, fourteen maybe. I I could see him getting into up to twelve. He'd be right in that same range, though. Okay, Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard signed one-year deals. Hunter Renfro signed a two-year, thirty-two million dollar extension with twenty-one million guaranteed. Tony Pollard could see some work in the slot. Jamie alluded to that earlier. Uh, Pollard, Pollard, or AJ Dillon. No. Tyreek Hill said he wanted more targets in Kansas City. Wanted the rock more. And he also said that Tua Tungavailoa is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. All right. Vic, it might be true. I don't know. That's that. Vic Tafer of The Athletic doesn't think Josh Jacobs will have a bell cow role. In fact, the whole article was not very positive. Did not shine a very positive light on, on the prospects for Josh Jacobs. And wondering if you guys are worried about Jacobs after this article from The Athletic, Vic Tafer of The Athletic. Yes, a little bit. But, but I think it's, it's hard to overlook taking him in that round four range. Right. It's kind of already being priced in. If we thought he was going to be what he was last year, he'd be going in round two. No, he wouldn't. Washington and Terry McG- you are always so much kinder to Josh Jacobs than you need to be. I, I, I do not get it. So where would you take Josh Jacobs if he thought he was going to be what he was last year? What he was for the full season or what he was for the last however many games when he was catching all the passes? Whatever he finished at. I'd say thirty, somewhere between 30 and 36, mid to late round three. Round two is, is for great players. Round two is for stars. All right? Come on. Okay. Uh, Washington and Terry McLaurin. Oh, we had, a, we had an update on this. McClo- Did we have an update on this today? Terry McLaurin not going to show up for camp? Is that where we're at? I don't at? think so. That was yesterday. It was yesterday? Yep. Okay. Robbie Anderson said he was thinking about retiring, but he's reporting to camp. Do you guys care at all about Terry McLaurin not coming to anything this offseason with a new quarterback? A little. Sure. I kind of do. Yeah, he's going to be in that. Josh Jacobs range. So he, he might actually be a star. Uh, Robbie, and- oh, I t- did the Robbie Anderson thing. There we go. Seattle optimistic about a new contract for DK Metcalf. Unsure about Chris Carson being able to return from a neck injury. And I thought this was interesting, and it plays into sleepers a little bit here because Heath has Garrett Wilson as a sleeper, the Jets rookie pick. Uh, Rich Semini of ESPN was talking about who's going to take over the slot role that Jamison Crowder had. And he said, don't sleep on Braxton Berrios, whose reliability as a route runner makes him a strong candidate for a bump in playing time. So the Jets beat writer for the for ESPN, Rich Semini, is is predicting that Berrios becomes their leading slot receiver, which obviously I'm not saying draft Braxton Berrios. I'm just wondering, can any Jets wide receiver really stand out this year? Because Corey, when Corey Davis played, he was okay. When Corey Davis didn't play, that's when Elijah Moore took off. Now you've got Garrett Wilson. You do have Barrios. Uh, I don't know. It seems like a crowded receiving core. I don't know if anyone really stands out. 
Heath, I'll throw it to you because Garrett Wilson is one of your sleepers. What do you think about the Jets overall there? I think like if Braxton Barrios is going to play the slot, they can't get out from under Corey Davis's contract. So that would be very bad news um, for one of Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. You can't play four wide receivers all the time. Unless they're just they don't play Corey Davis. Just What's they, that? They don't just leave Corey Davis, Corey Davis. $15 million on the bench? Uh, maybe. I feel like Davis did a decent enough job last year. You know? He did. Right? He, earned, he, he deserves it. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're playing your talent, you're playing the two guys that you drafted. You know, I, I think what they saw last year is that, you know, they needed to get more weapons. So it would be kind of strange to still play Braxton Berrios. Yes. As opposed to maybe seeing if Elijah Moore can play in the slot or Garrett Wilson can play in the slot. Because I don't think Corey Davis is going to play in the slot. So. Like I, I, I would try to approach it that way if I'm trying to maximize my potential. But obviously, you don't want to also put a player in a spot that he's not comfortable playing. I guess we can lump in all of the wide receivers that you guys have on your sleeper list. Their ADPs are going to be fairly similar. Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Russell Gage, Kadarius Tony. Now, Wilson was for Heath along with Jahan Dotson. He'll be the last one drafted in this group. Uh, Alan Lazard, Russell Gage, and Kadarius Tony were Jamie's. So that's five guys. I'll just say it one more time. Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson are the rookies. Alan Lazard, Russell Gage, and Kadarius Tony, the others. Heath, your thoughts on this group? Who should be the first one drafted? Um, I have Garrett Wilson as the highest ranked right now because I think he has the most talent. Jamie, who should be the first one drafted? Lazard. He's the number one guy for Aaron Rodgers as of now. So... You know, I mean, he's another one. Is he a sleeper or a breakout for me? Who should be the last one drafted, Dotson? Uh, depending on the reports for McLaurin, could be could be Wilson. <laughs> um, but I, I would say Dotson, yes. I have Gage last amongst this group. Your bold prediction a couple weeks ago, Heath, was that Dotson would lead the commanders in receiving, right? Yes, it was. Right. That and, was after the first round of positive news, and now they're going to go to OTAs, and uh, Terry McLaurin's not going to be there. And if we get another round, then... Uh, no, I've actually got Dotson. I think I might have taken him before one of these guys in, in the draft we did yesterday. I took him in round 10. Anything else you guys would like to say about this group? I mean, we talked about Gage, Lazard, Kadarius, Tony, Dotson, Garrett Wilson. Tony, we haven't talked about today. Anything you guys want to want to bring? Tony is the one that I just feel like I need to sit and listen about because I have no clue at all what to expect from him or the Giants' offense or target distribution or I don't even know if Kadarius Tony is the best wide receiver on the team, but I wouldn't argue against it. Uh, I and I think that's fair. Um, you know, there there are a lot of unknowns with this situation because you have is Sterling Shepard ready? And if he's not, then is Tony the slot receiver? Is that Wandale Robinson? Is it going to be Tony, you know, just being moved around the formation? I mean, clearly there was uh, some examples, small sample size, but some examples of just how good Kadarius Tony could be. You know, and Adam references all the time, you know, what he's done with the ball in his hands. And that goes back to the same thing he did when he was at Florida. So, you know, the the potential for what Kadarius Tony could be is, you know, I don't, I don't want to say superstar, but he certainly has the ability to be, um, I, I think, an 80-catch guy. I think a guy that, you know, if his, if his yards per catch is uh, comparable to what it could be, you know, he could be, uh, you know, an 1,100 type of yard receiver, and he could be, you know, a 7-8 touchdown type of guy. But 
is Daniel Jones, the quarterback to maximize that is Brian Dable, the coach to maximize that, you know? And so if everybody's there and there's, you know, four capable wide receivers, I'm not going to include Darius Slayton, um, you know, but with, you know, Shepard and, and Robinson maybe having a bigger role than just not being a gadget guy and Galladay's healthy and, and Tony's healthy, then it's probably going to be difficult for, for Tony to be uh, the type of player that he's capable of being. But we saw last year in those, you know, two games, uh, I, I think it was New Orleans and Dallas, right? If I'm not thinking. Yes, um, it was. And then I would I would throw in the game after that. I'll give you the stats. Six catches, 78 yards on nine targets at New Orleans. Ten catches, 189 yards on 13 targets at Dallas. That was with everybody getting injured. Kenny Galladay got hurt. Daniel Jones got hurt. The following week, I mean, this game really stood out to me, honestly. He played the Rams. He had three catches for 36 yards. He played six snaps. He that played, was the first quarter, right? Yeah. That was the first drive. And they just kept going to him against the Rams. Six snaps, three Is targets. Is that Mike Lennon still? No, yeah, probably. Yeah, because Jones missed... Missed, yeah, he must have missed that game because um, he got hurt against. So he was a lot oh, better. Actually, no, Jones. no, no, no. But I, Jones played the two weeks before. No, I think Daniel Jones. I, he got hurt against Dallas. I don't think he missed the game after that. I think that was Dan, okay. that was Daniel. No, and then, Jones was was Lennon okay. played week five against Dallas. Then he didn't come back again until week thirteen. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was okay, Jones. so he did miss that game. Who missed what? Who missed what game? <laughs> he did not play against the Rams. Jones did not. No, no Jones did. did. Jones did. Lennon did not. I'm sorry. I thought you said Jones did not play until week thirteen. My bad. No, that was the first Daniel Jones injury. He came back quickly from that. But, uh, yeah, he was on fire in that stretch. And I'm trying to find a stat in our advanced metrics that show which wide receiver makes guys miss the most. It wouldn't surprise me if he was, if Tony was number one in that. I don't think I can find that, though. But <laughs> I'm going to say he's number one. Let's just go with that. Uh, would you take Kadarius Tony or... Or... Um, Christian Watson. Tony. Watson. And I lied. I said I thought I had Gage last amongst this group. I actually have Tony last. Okay. All right, let's talk about some sleeper quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is Jamie's pick. He's QB 15 right now. And Heath has Jameis Winston as a sleeper, QB 21. And I'm, I'm not – obviously, Heath likes Cousins better than Winston, but – Winston is QB 21 in ADP. He's going 155th overall in between Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. We don't talk much about Jameis Winston Heath, so make a sleeper case for him. Um, I like his ADP a lot, especially like two quarterback or one quarterback league. I think he's a good backup that has some upside. We've seen when he's unleashed how good he is. And listen, if Michael Thomas comes back and Chris Olave is as good as we think he is, that's a really good receiving core and you've got Alvin Kamara doing things out of the backfield as well. Is there anyone that he, that is going ahead of Jameis Winston that you would take Winston over and I will tell you who those players are because it's a lot of it's like Justin Fields. Certainly there are because I have him like 16th so. Okay so then let's go Winston ahead of Winston is Matt Ryan. No. What does that mean? I would take Winston. Take Winston. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. Give me Winston. Justin Fields. Fields. Tua Tungavailoa. Winston. Eh, Deshaun Watson. It's not even worth asking, I guess, but uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson right now if you're drafting. Winston. Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Trey Lance. Lance. Okay. Jamie Kirk Cousins, QB 15, 102nd overall right now. Interesting, he's just after Trey Lance, but he's before... Watson, Tua, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence. Would you take 
any of those year two quarterbacks, Lawrence, Fields, Lance, ahead of Cousins, or do you have him ahead of all of them? The only one I would consider would be Lance, but no, not at this point. Um, I think you've heard me say time and time again how excited I am about Kevin O'Connell coming to Minnesota and the opportunity that Cousins has in front of him. Uh, with a healthy receiving core as of now, um, the return of Herb Smith, and I think, again, just a more aggressive approach. So he's been a very successful fantasy quarterback in the past, uh, always underrated as a fantasy quarterback, and clearly it feels a little icky to trust Kirk Cousins because of kind of the reputation that he has. But he produces, and it's uh, it's just easy to get him in, in drafts if you want to wait. You know, him, Derek Carr, uh, these two, these are two guys. I think they're gonna, you know, be significant difference makers based on the either upgraded coach or uh, weapons in, in Carr's case. But uh, I think both these guys have a chance to have their best seasons ever. Are you both taking Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Yes. Okay. ADP is not. Aaron Rodgers is going 87th overall. Cousins is going 102nd overall. All right, those are your sleeper quarterbacks. Let's do tight ends. We'll do running backs last. Sleeper tight ends. There's only one on the list that I got from Jamie and Heath, and that was Cole Komet. As Jamie said, not sure if Komet's a breakout or a sleeper. He's one of Jamie's breakouts. So we can both you can both talk about Cole Komet and what you li- what you like about him. Uh, what do you think, Heath? Give me your sleeper case for Cole Komet. Yeah, my distinction is just that a sleeper is someone generally who's being drafted outside of the first nine rounds, and Komet has a round 12 ADP. As Jamie always says, you want to go great or late <laughs> at tight end. Komet certainly fits the late profile, and I think he could be great. These, each of the past, what, three or four years now, we've had a guy kind of come from out of nowhere and be a top five or six tight end. And the thing that those guys all have in common, I think it's Jamie that says this as well, is they Stop. have a chance to be top two on their team <laughs> in targets. A, this Komet is, is probably favored research. right now to be second on his team in targets. Big breakout potential, especially if Justin Fields takes a step forward. I've got him as a sleeper because his ADP is just so low. Over the past four seasons, the tight ends who have finished top five, Seven of them seven of them were drafted in rounds one through three. Ten of them were drafted in round 12 or later. Uh, and one in round four, one in, one in round five, one in round six. Ten of them. So that's half of them. I, I bring this up a lot. 50% in the last four years of the top five tight ends drafted in round 12 or later. Uh, last year, when we know he didn't score any touchdowns, um, but last year, just in terms of like, you know, some... Some interesting numbers for him. Uh, eighth among tight end targets. So he's already on his way there. So number two in targets for his team is certainly still available. 11th in target share among tight ends. Um, sixth in snap share. So he plays a lot, which is always a good sign. Um, and 14th in routes run for a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot. You know, that's give, give, giving him a good opportunity if they throw the ball a little bit more this season. So. There, there's there's clearly an arrow pointing up for Cole Komet. And so as long as we don't see, which I would be surprised if these guys go there, but, you know, a Will Fuller, a Julio Jones, you know, somebody to, to step in and, you know, help this receiving core, which they need it. But, um, you know, he's in, he's in just a great spot. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Julio Jones on a sleeper show. I'm calling him a sleeper right now. I think he's worth your last he's still pick. He's right now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's worth your last pick. Okay, because I know what's going to happen. If he gets signed, if Julio Jones gets signed and he goes somewhere that's exciting, there will be some helium, as people say, and 
he'll be worth more than your last pick at that point. So if you are doing a draft now, I think it's worth a very late pick. All right, well, let me ask you a question. Of the guys who are unsigned right now, Beckham coming off an ACL tear, Will Fuller coming off a terribly disappointing season where he couldn't play because of a finger injury, and we know his track record when he's, um, for the most part, not taking some sort of potential substance that leads to him being suspended, uh, and Julio Jones, who has the most upside? And they all go to the same spot in this scenario. We're, we're not, okay, obviously, the team doesn't matter, just who's the best outside. Uh, I will say Will Fuller. Followed so by. Why would you not take Fuller over? I don't know. Followed by Julio Jones, followed by Odell Beckham. I kind of think, like, for a full season, Beckham's definitely third. But, like, at this point in the draft, if you give me six weeks or two months of better production. I think Beckham has more late season league winning upside than the other two. I just assume he's going back to the Rams. I'm not sure that's a great There was another scenario thing I think yesterday about them speaking highly of him. Yeah. Like I, I agree with you. Fuller to me is the one because if he's right, and obviously I was joking about this, the suspension stuff, but if he's right, um, he's got the most upside. He's also the youngest. Yeah. He's a really good player, but he he's more injury prone than Julio Jones. <laughs> yes. For sure. Sure. And Odell Beckham. Yeah. You also, Adam, took Julio over Will Fuller in the draft yesterday. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. I, but I really struggle with that Julio versus Will Fuller. So it's not like a clear cut call for me. Anyway, uh, let's go back to our sleepers here. We'll but go all three the, were drafted. Okay. We'll go to the running backs. Running backs, Alexander Madison for Jamie. We talked about that. He's amazing when he gets the chance. Naeem Hines was a mutual one. So that brings us two more I think just, just just to piggyback off of the Madison, because uh, I, I led the sleepers column for the magazine with this, that you want to try to come away f- with your draft, if you can, with high-level backups on great offenses. At least one, if, if, if you can. And, you know, there's, there's not always a... a a clear definition of who those guys are. Like the ones that I highlighted in, in the story were Rashad White, especially with Fournette's showing up to training camp, a little out of shape. Isaiah Spiller, because I don't think Larry Roundtree and, and Joshua Kelly are going to prove to be that good. Kenneth Gainwell from Philadelphia, you know, just with Miles Sanders having a hard time staying healthy in Boston Scott. Who knows who's the number two guy there, but all the reports seem to indicate that is going to be Gainwell. Daryl Williams already done it once, you know, a thousand total yard season last year and eight touchdowns. And James Conner, as we know, has a hard time staying healthy, missed three games last year with an ankle problem or two games, whatever it was. Um, so there, there, there are just clear opportunities to take these type of players. You want to throw Deontay Foreman in there if you want, just give him McCaffrey's you know, track record, but that's not the type of offense I think you want to you know look at. But just like look at the offenses that have the chance to be very productive, if not extremely productive. And if there is a guy there that you can take within relative range, Madison is going to cost more than some of these other guys. But just stash them for a little bit. So you why, probably end up dropping them. So why not take? Ball. Why not skip Madison and just take Spiller like four rounds later? I, absolutely. But well, if, no. If, I, I mean, I, I would rather have Madison because I, I think it's more I, even at the cost because I think it's more. Clear cut. I don't know if Austin Eckler gets hurt. I can't tell you that Isaiah Spiller is just going to jump into a big role. I, I think it might right. be a committee. So that, I, I wasn't saying that you should do that. I, I, it's a question worth asking, though. I, you got 
well, some it's, certainty it's, with Madison. You don't have that. There, with there, there's a reason it's a sliding scale. There's a reason Madison's going to go in the you know around nine range, and, and Spiller's going to go probably around twelve. You know, it's just th- that's why. But you know, again, it's taking swings at fences. That if you you know want to get out of the blanket and win your fantasy league, <laughs> that's the type of moves that you make. You know, so if if you if you find the opportunity to take these guys, you should. Taking swings at fences is is almost like in a blanket. It's really wrong. It's not. It's wrong. I think you're not swinging at the fence. You're swinging for the fence. It's not even remotely close to being in a blanket. <laughs> okay, let's check this Twitter poll. By the way. If someone emails you on Thursday and tells you he needs something by next Monday, when do you think that assignment is due? Four Did days you put sh- the emphasis on next in the tweet? I put it in quotes, next Monday. Okay, so I don't think that email had next in quotes, so I'm not sure what people are making of that. I don't think they're making anything of it. Is it due four days from Thursday or 11 days from 30, Thursday? Right now it is 69% four days from Thursday, 31% 11 days from Thursday. I, you know, I feel like at least a little justified. That's, that's about as close as you get to being right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about Damian Pierce for the Texans and uh, Ronald Jones for the Chiefs. So, Jamie, Ronald Jones, what you talked about his role a little earlier, but what do you think it is? How many touches per game does he get the – Goal line work because Clyde has not, they haven't really featured Clyde there throughout his two years a little bit. But you know who get who gets what in the Kansas City backfield? I think if everybody's healthy right now, you're talking about maybe six to eight carries. But it's also in the similar vein of what we were just talking about with these guys on you know powerhouse offenses. That if Clyde goes down, then it's pretty clear he's going to be the rushing downs guy. If he's right and you know can pick up the offense, which I think he can, um, his work in the passing game will probably be not as prominent as it might have been if Jerry McKinnon wasn't brought on as well. And so, you know, Heath talked about this with his bold predictions, just about how much value the Chiefs backfield had last season when looking at both Daryl Williams and Clyde Rosario and obviously Jerry McKinnon as well. Um, but I just think that, you know, they they want to have a second guy. He's he's a, a gotten, uh, I don't want to say he's proven because he's clearly had his flaws, but he certainly has the ability to be successful as we saw that in stretches in Tampa Bay. And so as long as he's not fumbling the ball, um, he may be a better runner than, than Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and be the guy that they go to right away. So um, the first place I look for is offense. The second place I look for is what the backfield looks like. And clearly the Chiefs' backfield is, is shaky right now. So if Jones emerges as the best guy there, his cost is certainly perfect. I hate that backfield. I hate, I hate it because I want it. But you hate it. You hate it if you have to pay for it, and that's been the problem for Clyde Edwards over the last couple of seasons. You had to pay for it. Yeah, it's true. Okay, J- uh, Heath. Sorry, Heath. Damian Pierce. Make the case. Yeah, I think you can put him and Tyler Algier in the same category as just rookie running backs who have an opportunity to gain carries and are being drafted in the double-digit rounds right now. Um, I don't. Like we've not seen Marlon Mack got back, but kind of like Cam Akers, we haven't seen Marlon Mack get back to what he was before, and he didn't start it near as high a baseline as Cam Akers either, so I'm not sure what he's going to get back to. Rex Burkhead is not a whole lot of competition either. Um, so I do think there's a chance that he could, car- like he could carve out a 12 to 15 touch roll from the double-digit rounds and be a high-end flex, maybe even a low-end number two running back. I was very frustrated in this draft yesterday when I saw how far Pierce and Algier fell. Yeah. 
um, especially because I had taken five running backs by round 10, um, with Madison being the last one. And then when we got into round 10, and I was at the back end of that as the first overall pick, there was still Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier on the roster. Um, I know Pierce, I'm just looking at right now, went right before you, Heath, in round 10. Yep. Were, you, were you planning to take him? He And he had been the top player on my board since I picked it in round nine, I believe. Um, but I took three running backs to start that draft, and so I was I was trying to build wide receiver depth at the time. But yes, I was going to take him. And then Algier went right after me in round 11. At that point, I needed receiver depth, so I was not taking another one. But I was like, my God, this is just – it's just too easy to, to, to take somebody like this because while the Falcons are probably going to be bad and they're still Cordero Patterson, and I, I wouldn't overlook – you know, we don't really talk a lot about maybe what Damian Williams could be if he, you know, gets an opportunity. Not necessarily that he's going to be great, but just the opportunity because Tyler Algier was a fifth-round pick, and we know that there's not a lot of track record of, of success for guys taking that late in the NFL draft, but we might have to reevaluate it just because of how running backs get pushed down. But in any event, um, he could he could be a league winner at that spot. Oh, man. I That's what I hesitate. How much upside do these guys really have? Do we really envision a scenario where Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier are getting – that much work, that big of a role. Uh, Damian Pierce ran a four five nine forty. That is terrible. He did. But he catch. plays faster than that, though. He did. He what? He plays faster I, than not that. Not to though. me. To me, he is a bowling ball. He is a big bruiser. He's a tackle breaker. I could see him being a goal line back, but I don't see a lot of explosiveness. He's never had more than fifteen carries in a game. I mean, that's pretty similar to what Josh Jacobs did in college, and Jacobs right. had 23 carries in his first game in the NFL, so that may not mean much. But I, I just, on probably bad offenses, uh, I don't see them being the passing downs backs. I am I mean, I get the appeal, but there are probably handcuffs that have much more upside. Like Isaiah Spiller probably has much more upside, uh, but obviously a much lower floor than Pierce and Algier. Would you guys agree with that? Well, sure. If if the guys in front of them get hurt, absolutely. Right. But but again, you know, it's a matter of what you you need for your team at that point. You know, so you know, I I have Pierce and Algier ranked ahead of Madison because of what they could potentially do. But the way that I built my team, because I had four running backs at that point, that I'm not going to play Madison barring, or I'm not going to need Madison barring a Dalvin Cook injury. I could sit on it. Whereas if I had gone, you know, the 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 wide receiver route early earlier. Um, Pierce and Algier would have been excellent selections at this point. All right. I think that's it for our sleeper talk. Now it's time for another segment Heath hates. Adam goes through his inbox to find emails that he did not put in the notes. All right. <laughs> I hope you can find some with like seven or eight player <laughs> names that we get to rank and decide as keepers with dollar amounts, preferably. <laughs> uh, let's find out. Heath. How long can you keep them for? Here's one from, I don't know, Dave. Here's one from Sean in Saskatchewan. Dear Eyebrow. Oh, okay, no, I'm not reading these. That is uh, very inappropriate. I'm in 12-team half PPR league with two running backs, two wide receivers, two flexes, and I need to keep 10. Oh, how about this? <laughs> how about this? He puts in parentheses. And for Dave, I can keep them as long as I want. <laughs> He's keeping Lamar Jackson. Najee Harris. Even 10 keepers of Dynasty League. I mean, come on. Yeah, basically. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Jamar Chase. My God, that's awesome. I need help on the last three, so pick three out of this group. Rashad Penny, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, 
Pat Fryermuth, Amonra St. Brown, Chase Claypool, Tua Tungavailoa. Not Superflex? No. Bateman is by far the easiest one there. I think I'd do the three receivers. I think I'd do Bateman, Moore, and St. Brown. I would agree. You know, it's just a matter of, I mean, because you keep them forever, it's hard to overlook that. But if you're just looking for who has maybe the best one-year situation, Penny might be better than than Moore or St. Brown just because if he is the guy for Seattle. But it's so hard to envision that. So I, I would I'd agree with you if I keep the three receivers. Here's Cody in Syracuse. He's in a 12-team PPR Superflex Dynasty League. Dear Jax, Opie, Tig, and Bobby. I know that one. Sons of Anarchy. I have been a DJ Moore truther this whole time. I'm rebuilding my dynasty team. I have decent wide receivers to build around. I was just offered. Well, I don't know if he does. He has DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, and Jerry Judy. It could swing wildly one way or the other, but it's solid. He was just offered a 23 first round pick and a 23 third round pick for DJ Moore. That would give me three first round picks next year. Should he take the first and third round picks for DJ Moore? He says he's rebuilding. I would probably not, because I'm going to assume that somebody who's offering you their 23 first for DJ Moore is going to be good this year. And I don't think I would trade DJ Moore for pick 9 through 12 in the draft next year. But it is a super flex league, right? You said that? Yeah, I, w- I would do it. That helps. That. So with the quarterbacks going most likely probably two in the first round of a rookie draft, like you said 12 teams? Yeah, but it's for 2023. You might have five quarterbacks in the first round next year. Well, I mean, you got to think though in terms of fantasy. Yes, it could be five because it's that it could be that great of a quarterback. Right, right. Class. So, all right, let, let's split the difference. Say it's three. Yeah. Um. So three, three quarterbacks that'll push down some of the wide receiver and running back talent. So it's not as bad as it would be if it's just a one quarterback league where they may not even go in the first round. So the the one thing that makes me a little bit hesitant about saying yes now is that if Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina that is going to push the perception of DJ Moore's fantasy value up. And so while one manager may be offering you a first and a third, somebody else who's also a contender may be offering you a first and a second. You know, so you know, you might want to just wait a little bit and then make it a public, you know, uh, on the block type thing of DJ Moore's available. And so tell the manager, hey, I, if, if I don't get a better offer, I'll take this. If you're inclined to make the move, otherwise you can see if somebody else gives you a better deal. And I like full disclosure, I've got DJ Moore, I think, ninth in my dynasty wide receiver ranking. So I'm probably higher on him than consensus. And I think for a 25 wide year old wide receiver, he should still be really good when your team's good again. So I, that's not somebody I feel like I have to move in a rebuild. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Just if it's just a first and a third. Right. But if you can upgrade that capital or, you know, first and maybe a player and a third, if, that, if that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I just I like the idea of having three first round picks. You can basically do whatever you want with that, you know. And might even find a DJ Moore, right? But might two first find round two picks, DJ Moore, you know? DJ Moore versus two first round picks and the twelfth selection. The twelfth would be twelfth would be bad. I, I suppose, yeah. Okay, how about dynasty pick one point four in a super flex? And is it too early for Kenny Pickett? He has Rodgers, Fields, and Wentz. Man. I would say so. Yeah, I'm as high as I am on DJ Moore. I might be that low on all the quarterbacks in this class. <laughs> so I would not do that. No. I, I, I've i done one rookie super flex draft already, and Pickett went seventh. 
Uh, I think that's probably an appropriate range for him. Might be even a little too soon. I think if you're really so inclined to draft Kenny Pickett there, maybe see if you trade down. Yeah. Alex from a suburb of Philly without a distinct accent. This is Lansdale, according to Alex. He uh, he wants to know if we can grade this trade. He gives up a 2023 second round pick, a 2024 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick, Trey Sermon and Devin Duvernay. He gets Derek Henry and Mike Evans. That puts my team talent-wise over the top for this season. I'm fully aware I have to win this year or next. So would you give up Trey Sermon, Devin Duvernay, a 2023 second, a 2024 first, a 2025 first for Derrick Henry and Mike Evans? If you're really trying to win now, then yes. Yeah, I think you lose the deal, but flags fly forever. So <laughs> There you go. Go, go, go win the, you're going to feel really bad about it if you don't win the league this year, but that wasn't so bad. You guys did great. With Have that. you done trades like that recently where you just feel awful about it trying to win? I won last year in our dynasty league. Um, which, which one was it? Well, I, I, I needed running back help because I was in McCaffrey hell mm-hmm. and like my second running back was Daryl Williams and, or I think my first running back was Daryl Williams and Mike Davis. Like my receivers are great in that league, but everything else was just terrible. Um, but I was I was competing, and um, so I traded a first round pick for James Robinson, mm. expecting to be, expecting to be you know it's fourteen team league, expecting to be somewhere in the 12, 13, 14 range, and I think it was like a week later he blew his Achilles. Yeah, I made two in the same league two years ago. And this is the league where you can trade all the way through the playoffs. Um, and so two years ago, it was like week 16. I traded Michael Thomas away for Cooper Cup and just hated it. And then Cooper Cup turned into a super-duper star, and Michael Thomas never played football again, so it worked out okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then last year, I traded it. It was, a, it was a package that included sending DK away for digs. And it didn't work out again. And now I'm rebuilding. So, yeah. I just think that if you say next Monday, that means two <laughs> Mondays from now. Anyway. So if I, so if I say, <laughs> you know what? Bold prediction. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Ronald Jones are both going to be top 24 running backs next season. I'm talking about 2023. Yeah, you can't say next season anymore. It's this season if you want to talk about 2022. Right? Oh, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, you can't. No, who says next season in in June? We're talking about this season. And, and anytime a player in a press conference says we'll get them next game, they're obviously talking about the game after the one's coming up. No, because you've like, got a uh, full like week. Duncan Robinson said the shooting guard for the Heat after they just lost in the conference finals. I'm more motivated than ever before. Like how would how, how would that make you feel? Like you weren't motivated last oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, hey, you could have used some of that motivation. For the, for <laughs> like the- when Tyler I'm, I'm, I'm not saying did. that for him. You hear that a lot from athletes, like the minute their season ends. I'm yeah. going to be more motivated than ever before. Well, what the hell just happened last week? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, that, that series is a great example because after that series, Tyler Hero also said that he fully expects to start next season. And there was some some hubbub about, like, do the Heat have room to start him in 2022 season? But he was obviously talking about the 2023 season. So no, they can figure it out. The current season is still happening, Heath. So when Tyler Hero says, "Weird," because it's 
the, you know, the, the, le- the league bridges the year. You don't really believe what you're saying right now. Um, Obviously, Acer, the current week was still happening when you got that email. He was talking about the next week. With the current Monday had already passed. <laughs> <laughs> you're so wrong. Say, I want it last Monday. You're so it, wrong. No, I'm not. I, you know what? This is one of those Twitter polls. I don't know if you have, you do a lot of weird Twitter polls. I don't know if you get this a lot, but the comments, the people who are in the minority here are the 11 days from Thursday group, which is my group. But the comments, the people who are really passionate about this are, are also the 11 days from 30 group. So if you, or Thursday. So if you had just read the comments, you would think that I'm right. But if you see the votes, I'm, I guess I'm wrong. Or everybody um, else is wrong. You know, most people are wrong, I guess. I'm right. Keith, I saw this this morning. Do you know what the Celtics record is since sweeping the Nets? Uh, 500? 10 and 9. I was going to say, they, they had not... I think before last night, they had not lost two games in a row the entire they postseason. And they'd only won two in a row maybe once since that. then. Yeah, it's... um, They've played great teams. They've they've played some really great teams. And, you know, I'm just really proud of them. I was really happy for Andrew Wiggins. Like, <laughs> that guy took a lot of heat for a long time early in his career. And he's having some moments. If he has another double-double and Steph struggles, who's the MVP if they win? Oh, I'd give it to Wiggins just because it'd be so much fun to hear all the haters talking about how Steph's never won a finals MVP. But Steph Curry in game five, was it? Yeah. What was it? No, four. Last yeah. night was game five. Sorry. My God. That was incredible. Four he was insane. Yesterday he was a disaster. Yeah. Game four, he was amazing. It was well, and the Celtics changed the defense up a little bit last night. They did. They had played drop, 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 and they stopped dropping quite so much because they, they were trying to yeah. avoid letting the Warriors kill them with passing. And they did last night. Do you think that? He didn't look right to me last night, Curry. He didn't look like he had his, you know, his bounce. He he just I don't know. Maybe he's you know he's hurt, and maybe he was able to gut through it. And everybody's hurt. Game, he's really hurt. I don't know. I don't know that. Maybe he's really hurt. He had a pretty the bad injury. Not hurt. Two games ago. Well, uh, the refs. I think that's it. I think that's it for today's show. All right. How many uh, Stranger Things episodes do you guys have left? Uh, none. none yet. I. I, I really want to talk to you about that now. You finished it? Yes. You both finished it? I haven't started. Oh, you oh. haven't started. Oh. I don't know how many. We did this thing. I don't know how many episodes there are, and I don't want to know. I want to be surprised by the, oh, this is the finale? So. Um, uh, not a kid's show anymore. Do Do you want, like, how much do no, you want I, to be surprised? Because there's I, something nothing, you should know. Nothing. No, I don't want to know anything. Oh, why? Oh, I know there's another. I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That, I just found that out yesterday. I don't want you to get to the end and think <laughs> that was the finale. because it, It's okay. like Ozark. Right? Yeah, there's uh, an hour and a half long show and then a two and a half hour long show. Oh, my God. Really? In On July 1st. Oh, oh, I thought you meant in this current. No, on July 1st. Okay, okay. Yeah, I knew there were more, there's more episodes upcoming. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later on Fantasy Football Today.